Uh, it's so exciting to be here today, and honestly, the honor is mine. Uh, if you don't know my family, and you do, uh, Brandon is an awesome pastor and an awesome preacher of God's Word. And uh, so it's an honor to be at his uh, pulpit. It's coming. Uh, but not only that, uh, my other brother, Heath, is here. And Heath is a, a, an unbelievable communicator and preacher of God's Word. And, uh, and I'm thankful for him. Uh, be, oh, thank you. Oh, you're awesome. That's great. I've got to move because you've got little marks down here. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I, I missed the cue. I was supposed to pray and they were supposed to bring it out. I don't know if y'all know this, but there are cues that go on. I'm not used to this. I'm, I'm learning. Uh, but Heath is an unbelievable leader and an unbelievable uh, preacher and, uh, and, and scholar, obviously, uh, president at Oklahoma Baptist University. And uh, so, um, so he could have stood here today, but you know, the, the kingpin of us all is Dr. Claude Thomas, my dad. And, uh, and he could be here today. And so I don't know if, uh, there's no way you could recognize or realize what an honor it is for me to be next man up today and deliver God's word uh, to you with so many options before Brandon, uh, who could preach with such power and such grace. And I am thankful uh, for this honor today and, uh, and uh, honestly just thankful uh, to be able to say I am the brother of Brandon, the brother of Heath, the brother of Brett who's an attorney, and the son of Claude and Jan Thomas. And uh, so uh, thank you, Brandon, for allowing me to be here uh, and deliver God's word today. You know, we sang a few minutes ago um, a song, and a part of it is drawn from Matthew 7, where Jesus finishes. This isn't the text, and I, I think Tyler is running the slides for me. Tyler, I'm sorry. I'm just, just saying, I'm sorry, bro. It, it's going to be tough for you. Uh, but uh, isn't this a great team? I mean, man, they just, good gracious, everybody. Just, just so, so helpful. But uh, Matthew 7, not the text today, but Matthew 7, Jesus finishes the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I compare him to a person who builds his house upon the rock. And the winds blow and the rains come, and the floodwaters rise and the house stands because it's built on the rock. But whoever hears these sayings of mine and doesn't do them, I compare him to a person who builds his house on the sand, and the rains come, and the, and the winds blow, and the floodwaters rise, and the house falls, because it wasn't built on the rock. You know, we enter into 2023, and my hope and prayer is that we would build each day, each moment of each day, upon the rock, the Word of God, as, he, as, as Jesus speaks into our lives this morning but throughout this year, and that we would build our lives upon that sure and strong foundation of the absolute truth 
of God. Because we all want a great year, right? We, everybody here, I mean, I don't know if you're a resolution person, uh, New Year's resolution type person. I'm not. Um, I'm, I'm not. Uh, no real convictional reason why. I, I just try to make resolutions every day. And so a new year, a new day, January 1, it doesn't really it change things for me. But you might be a resolution type person. You go on uh, uh, your Be Real posts or the TikTok or the Instagramming or the, the Twitter eatering. Uh, you go on any of those things and you'll see people who are building this platform on this is what you need to do to have a great new year. And uh, some of y'all have built these Pinterest boards and you've established these are the things, these are the steps we need to take in order to have a great new year. And so I, I want you to know we, we need to follow uh, the counsel of God's word if we're going to have a great new year, a great new life, a great new day. We need to follow the counsel of God's word. And you could start in Genesis and pick all the way to Revelation, but we're going to look at James chapter 4. And we're going to look at James chapter 4 to find God's recipe for a great new year. I, I know we want a great new year, but how do we get hold of a great new year? Look, I want to do great things. Brandon was talking about it earlier. I mean, I, man, I want, I want to see God do amazing, miraculous, powerful things beyond my imagination. And our church, the way I have ended the services in 2023 is with Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21 as a benediction. Uh, now to him who is able... To do exceedingly, abundantly, infinitely, above and beyond all we ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church. By Christ Jesus to every generation forever and ever. Amen. Man, I want that. Don't you? I want the above and beyond infinitely, amazingly, above and beyond anything that I could ever imagine. I want that for my life. I want that for my family. I, I, I want that for my church. I want it for this church. I want it for you. And, and so we're uh, looking at uh, great things, amazing things, uh, pursuing great things. One of my friends, uh, Chad and Shelly Vandiver, are here today. And uh, they're, they're right over here. And, and Chad and I have partnered together, our church and Chad we partner together to, to see God do amazing, above and beyond, miraculous things. And we're believing even again. He uh, is director of a, a, an organization called Empower One that, that uh, focuses on uh, establishing multiplication centers for the gospel in uh, Sudan and South Sudan. And, and man, we're believing God to do. And, and the things that we're asking God to do is beyond our capacity, Right? And, and that's what I want for my life. My wife, Edie, is here, and man, she is such a gift of God's grace to me personally, but, but also a gift of God's grace to the kingdom because we have four daughters and, and two sons-in-law. I have a granddaughter. Her name is Nora. I just wanted to let that sink in. I have a granddaughter. Her name is Nora. She's two years old. She is amazing. But Edie and I joined together, and we pray for God to do great things through our family. And for us not to mess it up, 
for us just to get on board and ride uh, the, the wave that God is establishing for us. So how do we get hold of the amazing, the miraculous, the powerful, the beyond our imagination kind of things? As Brandon said, how do we take dominion? You know, how do we see the kingdom of God expand and grow? How do we do that which is beyond our capacity to do? I think James 4 helps us in accomplishing that. See, James 4, uh, James is, is concluding his letter, so to speak. He's, he's been writing about a lot of different things. In the first few verses of James 4, he talks about relationships and, and how uh, relationships can get skewed and, and out of whack. And then he moves into, uh, here's the corrective for us. Um, but really, as I read it, there's a key verse there, and it's James chapter 4, and I want you to look beginning in verse 5. James chapter 4, beginning in verse 5, listen to the word of the Lord. He says, do you think that scripture says in vain, the spirit who dwells in us yearns jealously? But he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God, and he'll draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded man. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up. Now, what does this passage have to do with uh, taking hold of the beyond uh, description, amazing, great things? H how does this give us a recipe for the new year? Well, verse 5 says, the scripture doesn't say something in vain. It really means this one thing, that the Spirit of God is jealous for you and for me. The Spirit of God uh, who indwells us if indeed we're followers of Jesus. Brandon mentioned this at the, at the intro. He said, look, the key component, and, and if you missed it, let me, let me emphasize it again. It, the key component to having a great year is to have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ. Listen, I, I know that Probably a bunch of us are church-going folk that have a relationship with God. And I'm going to talk to you in a second. But if you are here and, and you're not sure that you have a relationship with God, uh, he seems like a distant deity out there in the clouds somewhere, can, can I humbly suggest, and maybe you would expect me to suggest, that the only hope for you and for me to experience above and beyond greatness in 2023 begins when we enter into that sure and certain relationship with God, trusting that Jesus, who is God, became flesh and bone. And he lived his life without sin, blemish, or fault, and he went to a cross to die. Why would Jesus die? Jesus died because we had sinned. He didn't die because he had sinned. He died because we had sinned. And he died in our place for our sin. And he was raised from the dead three days later so that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus and Jesus alone, when we, as Brandon said, when we bow before Jesus as our king, in that moment there is this wondrous transaction of God's grace 
where God places upon us the righteousness, the perfection of Jesus, and he places upon Jesus our wickedness and our sinfulness. And in that wondrous transaction of God's grace, in that moment, he fills us with his Holy Spirit. And if you are a son or a daughter of God, you have been adopted into God's family through faith in Christ, and you are indwelt by the Spirit of God. So when James 4, 6, uh, 4, 5 says, the Scripture says, not in vain, the Scripture says that the Spirit of God dwells uh, in us and yearns jealously for us. He's saying, you are mine. You belong to me, and I am jealous for your loyalty. I'm jealous for your relationship and your fellowship with me. He says, I'm yearning for you. Do you realize that God yearns for us, for us to walk in intimacy with him, for us to walk as sons and daughters in right fellowship with him? The Spirit of God yearns jealously for us. So here's what I want you to see. If you have this big picture of this passage today, get this. This is the big picture. The secret sauce to a great new year is the Spirit of God residing within us. This is what it takes for us to experience the fullness of life in 2023 and in every day. Uh, the Spirit of God is the secret sauce for a great new year. So as we look at this passage, I want you to keep that at the forefront of your thinking. It is the Holy Spirit, me being yielded to him. You know, Galatians 5.16 says, walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Here's what it just translated into simple terms. If I were telling my, uh, I have a granddaughter. Her name is Nora. If I were telling Nora this, I'd say, the, the, <clears throat> the Spirit of God keeps us from doing the things that rob us of life. If, if we want to experience the best in our relationships or the best in our businesses or the, leverage our resources for the greatness of God's kingdom, if we want to have satisfaction in our lives, it's as we walk in the Spirit. Galatians 5.25 says... If we walk, uh, if we live by the Spirit, then let's stay in step with the Spirit. To stay in step with the Spirit means I'm going to be aligned with what the Spirit of God wants. Now, we'll get to this, okay, but, but just see this simple picture. I want to have a relationship with my wife or my husband, your husband or your wife. I have a wife. That's all. <laughs> Well, I want to have a relationship with my spouse that flourishes. How can I make sure that happens? Stay in step with the Spirit of God. I, I, want, I want my business or I want my job or I want my workplace. I want it to be satisfying and an opportunity to leverage those relationships at work for the greatness of God's glory in his kingdom. How do I do that? Stay in step with the Spirit of God. I, 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 want, I want my life to make a difference. I want it to mean something. I want people to uh, not take note of me, but take note of God who has given me life. How do I do that? Stay in step with the Spirit of God. In Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 10 Again, I'm just giving you some verses here, but Ephesians 5, 8 through 10 tells us that the, the fruit of the Spirit is all goodness and knowledge and truth. 
And if we, if we align ourselves with what the Spirit of God says, then verse 10, Ephesians 5.10 says that the Spirit of God will show us what is acceptable to the Lord. Do you know the Spirit of God opens our eyes and our hearts to see what God desires? And here's simple truth. You want the best kind of life? You want a life of greatness? You want a 2023 that makes a difference or a 2024 or a, a right now or a tomorrow? You want it to make a difference? then get in line with what God wants. Because there's no other way for us to experience satisfaction in life or meaningful relationships or uh, 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 joy and satisfaction apart from aligning ourselves with the will of God. The Spirit of God shows us what God desires. So when we understand and believe that the secret sauce of a great 2023 is the Spirit of God, and me aligning my life with the Spirit of God. It's in those moments that, uh, that we really begin to soar and our relationships begin to flourish. And not because it's some secret uh, mantra that we're saying. You know, there are some people, and uh, I don't know if y'all have heard it, but, but the idea, uh, if I can speak these words, Holy Spirit, activate. That's nice, that's cute but that's meaningless. It's not the words we say that bring the Spirit of God alive in us. It's the life we give to Him. The Spirit of God is yearning jealously for us, for our heart. And so we want to align our heart, our will, our actions with what the Spirit of God says. Uh, we want to do great things, and, and uh, yeah, I love reading explorers, and I, I live on the East Coast, and so I have to be careful which explorers I talk about because some explorers are not as, as, uh, as acceptable anymore, I, even in my own family, some of my daughters. I have, have I said I have four daughters? Okay. Um, but it, it, the explorers of yesterday in the uh, uh, late 15th century and early 16th century, these, these men who were commissioned by princes and kings and, and funded by them, they decided, look, we're going to uh, discover new things. And so they boarded ships and they began to pursue greatness. They began to pursue these unbelievable things. People like uh, 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 Ponce de Leon, he was later on, but uh, Chris for Columbus, you know him, or, or, or Magellan, you know him, or, or, or John Cabot, you know him. These, these cats, man, they, they set loose on a wide open ocean where they didn't know uh, what was going to await them. They went beyond the maps of the day to discover great things. They had the best ships and the best sails and the best crews, but their ships would go nowhere unless the wind filled the sails. I look at us today, and I know that we have so many wonderful benefits, so many wonderful blessings. But unless the Spirit of God fills the sail of our soul, we can't accomplish great things. Zechariah chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 um, 
uh, just a little context for Zechariah 4. Uh, the children of Israel have been let loose from captivity in Babylon. They go to back home to Jerusalem. The wall is torn down. That's Nehemiah. You remember he re- rebuilt the wall. Uh, but the temple was destroyed. So God commissioned Haggai and Zechariah to uh, uh, inspire the people to rebuild the temple. And Zechariah is the prophet that, that we're looking at, Zechariah chapter 4. And there was a governor whose name was Zerubbabel. Now, Zerubbabel was a descendant of the Davidic kings, and, and, and he was uh, assigned the task of rebuilding the temple. Now, when they got back to their homeland of Jerusalem, they built the foundation. And that was 6th century B.C. They rebuilt the foundation of the temple, but for 17 years, the temple still lay in ruin. In, in Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, it's a great verse if you want to hold on to it, but Zechariah 4, 6, 4, 6, Zechariah says, this is the word of Lord for Zerubbabel. This is the word of the Lord for you, for me. This is the word of the Lord for Zerubbabel. Not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel, you will be a level place. You know what it says? The Spirit of God is essential for us accomplishing great things for the glory of God and for the good of our lives. The Spirit of God. And when we are in line with the Spirit, no matter the mountain before us, the Spirit of God makes it a level place so that we can press on and accomplish God's great good things. We need the Spirit of God. We've got the Spirit of God. The question is, how do we fit the sails of our soul every day to stay in line with the Spirit of God, to allow the wind of the Spirit of God to fill the sail of our soul and move us forward into great things? That's where James 4, verses 6 and following says, So James 5, the spirit yearns jealousy. Verse 6, but God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. The first ingredient that we need to take hold of to make sure that we're in line with the spirit of God is we need a helping, a heaping helping of humility. Look, this is not a self-help talk. This is a talk to help us get in line with the Holy Spirit of God. And that begins when we understand that humility is at the forefront. My wife, her grandmother is from uh, Indian Bayou, Louisiana, southwest Louisiana, Cajun country. And that's a great blessing for me because uh, her grandmother taught her to make gumbo. Woo! Good gumbo, great gumbo. But if you are in the know about gumbo making, you know that the foundation of a good gumbo is the roux. Got to have good roux. I don't know how to spell it, (laughs) but I know it when I see it. Good, dark roux. The foundation for a great life in 2023, staying in line with the Spirit of God, allowing the Spirit of God to fill the sail of our souls so we press on and accomplish great things, is humility. you got to be humble. What does it mean to be humble? It means that I acknowledge in every aspect of my life 
I acknowledge in every aspect of my life that God is greater, he knows better, and I need him. That's humility. Humility is also uh, evident in our relationships with one another. Uh, Philippians chapter 2 um, talks about humility. It says, um, if there's any consolation in Christ, any comfort of love, any fellowship of the Spirit, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same mind, having one heart, one love. Um, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind, let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. It goes on, verse 5 says, let this attitude be yours, which was also Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a servant and coming in the likeness of man. And he humbled himself to the point of death and became obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Jesus sets the model of how we are to live in relationship with one another and in relationship with God, and it is humility. Humility is the opposite of pride. Pride says, I'm the most important person in the room. Pride says, I am the center of the universe, and everyone else is a planet that revolves around me. Pride says that I know better, I can do better, I am better than anyone else. When you have pride in your relationships, verses 1 through 3 of James 4 says, when you have pride in your relationships, you've got chaos. When you have pride in your life, you have chaos. When you have pride in your business, you have chaos. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. The grace there is a picture of God's empowering favor to help us accomplish what the Spirit of God commands. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So we need to humble ourselves. If we're going to stay in line with the Spirit of God, we need to have an attitude of humility. The second ingredient, not just humility, but we need to have a double dose of submission. Submission. Therefore, submit to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Look, if you get nothing out of this message, just take those verses and make them the imperatives of your daily walk. Submit to God. You know, we talk about submission, and, and submission feels like a, a, a bad word. It feels, oh, I don't like submission. I, submission, I'm not going to submit. I, why would I submit? I'm an American. Wait, wait, I forgot where I am. Why should I submit? I'm in the Republic of Texas. Hey, yeah, I mean, submission feels like a, 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 an odorous kind of thing. You know what submission is? In my house, um, sometimes uh, Edie and I disagree on what the temperature ought to be in our house. <laughs> and uh, in my house, sometimes, and uh, we disagree, but Edie wins because I'm humble. And <laughs> another little lesson, if you have to say you're humble, you're not. Um, <laughs> But, but Edie does win because I've been married over 30 years, and I know that's, that's winning. Um, but in our house, the temperature gets cold for me, and I hate the cold. I mean, I really I can't stand it. And so on those cold nights where I'm getting ready for bed, some of you guys can appreciate, some of you ladies can appreciate, but uh, I'm getting ready for bed, and 
And I run under the covers, and I pull the covers up to my nose, and I stay there. And it is so warm and comfortable under the covers, especially when it's cold outside or cold inside. Uh, you just, that the warmth of under the covers is just delightful. Submission is hiding under the covers of God's sovereign leadership. That's where you're safe. That's where you're secure. That's where you find warmth and comfort. It's not in riding the wind in our own initiative or innovative thought, but rather it's hiding under the covers of God's leadership. If we're going to have a great year, we're going to submit. We're going to get under the covers of God's leadership. And we're going to fight the devil. Resist the devil simply means you're going to take a stand against the devil. But the promise is also, do you, this is what the Spirit of God, this is, this is what the Spirit of God does for us. When we fight the devil as children of the living God, as sons and daughters of the king, when we fight the devil, indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, when we fight the devil, take this strong stand Courageous, bold stand. I'm not going to fall prey to the tempting siren song of sin that the devil sings toward me. I'm going to say no to sin. I'm going to say yes to God. When we take that stand, when we stand strong, the promise is he will flee from you. Do you know why we're so wrapped up in sin? This is my personal testimony. I get so wrapped up in sin because I failed to take the strong stand. But when I take the strong stand, the Spirit of God, who was in Genesis chapter 1, creating the universe, the Spirit of God, who was the wind that blew the, the, the walls of the Red Sea back upon its heap and let the children of Israel pass through on dry ground, the Spirit of God, who was there with Jesus in the wilderness, tempting and, and the one who gives us new birth and who indwells us, this Spirit of God, he causes the devil to Run to flee. When we get under the blanket of God's uh, direction and leadership and we take that st strong stand against the devil and say no to him and yes to God in that moment, friends, the devil will run and hide. But the third imperative is draw near to God. Now, I don't talk a lot to the devil, but boy, I want to spend a lot of time with God. Draw near to God. If you don't have a plan to draw near to God every day, you won't. We must draw near to God through prayer and through Bible study, through corporate gathering. We, we draw near to God. So we study God's word and memorize God's word and pray God's word. We draw near to God. And when we draw near to God, he cuddles up close to us and he says, you're mine. I'm yours. You're safe. Because I'm strong. Draw near to God. The recipe in allowing the Spirit of God to fill the sails of our soul is humility and submission. And then the third part is the one that I practice most often. Consistent cleansing. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Lament and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Why? Why do I practice consistent cleansing so often? Is because 
I blow it so often. You know, my prayer every day is that the immediacy of my sin would be met with the immediacy of repentance and cleansing. Where I turn from my sin. Where I acknowledge that God has rights over me because the Holy Spirit yearns jealousy, jealously. And I must diligently, consistently, and constantly, and completely repent of my sin. I'm an expert at repentance because I'm an expert at sin. And if we want the Spirit of God to fill the sails of our soul, we must be consistent and complete in our repentance. Are you repenting before a holy God? I'll leave you with this thought, verse 10. Verse 10. Verse 10 maybe is the one you've memorized. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. You know, repentance is where we acknowledge that we have sinned against a holy God. In our thought, in our word, or in our action. With our mind, with our voice, or with our body, we sin against God. Repentance is where we humble ourselves before God. It's where we say, God, I've blown it. I've done wickedly in your sight. God, I need, I need your presence to indwell me, to empower me, to cleanse me. Oh, God, you see my hands, and they're stained with the slime of my sin. God, I wash them before you. I plead the blood of Jesus that makes me right in your sight. And I confess my sin before you. I'm lamenting so that I might dance later on. I'm mourning so that I might celebrate in a moment. But right now, oh God, before you, I humble myself. Reminds me of the story of the boy that he got this brand new bike, and he was seventh, uh, seventh or eighth grade. He got a new bike that he just loved, and 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 uh, he he was getting ready to ride it. And and his mom went to him and said, "Son, I I I know you want to ride that bike, but I don't want you to ride it on the street. Now, you ride it on the street. You can take it to the uh, field or whatever, but don't ride it on the street because if you ride it on the street, you can you you can hurt yourself." And seventh eighth grade boy, you know what that's like, right? I can handle it. So what did that boy do? He got on his new bike and he started going up and down the hills on the street. As he was going down a steep hill, the handlebars began to twist like that. Have you all ever been there? Going so fast and those handlebars begin to do like that. So much so that he flips over the bike onto the asphalt burned from head to toe bike front wheel bent broken and wounded boy picks up his bike can't ride it picks up his bike and makes that long trek back to his home his mama looking out the door saw him coming She runs to him 
And she doesn't see the rebellion. She only sees the hurt and the pain and the need of her son to be comforted, to be encouraged, to be watched over. The boy's ready. Mom, I I blew it. And as soon as those words come out of his mouth, Mama says, oh, put that bike down. Let's come inside. Come with me. She sits him down and she takes the bandages and she takes the ointment. She says, I want you to know how much I love you. And I told you so. I want you to know how much I love you. And I want you to know that when I give you a word, I I want you to know it's for your good, not because I'm a killjoy. But right now, I want you to just rest. Let me bandage your wounds. Let me surround you with my love. Let me offer healing to your heart. Make no mistake. Make no mistake. When we humble ourselves before the living God, he will lift us up. He will surround us with his comfort and his care. He will give us life and hope and healing. Today, God longs for us to have a 2023 that makes him smile. So let's stay in step with the Holy Spirit of God so that we might accomplish the great things, his wondrous purposes in our world. Let's pray together. Oh God in heaven, we thank you that you are faithful to us and you're faithful in giving us your word. I thank you for each person here, and I pray, oh God, that you would overwhelm them with your spirit. God, that you would speak to their heart with power and grace and mercy, and that they would find nourishment today for their everyday life by your spirit and through your word. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.